Hello, I'm Ty. Ew, and I'm Kaylee. And this is not 1938. Please stop talking like that. So could you if it was 1938, but it's not 1938. WPA ain't hiring no more. Apples don't cost a nickel. Not in here, not out there. You drop this thing. But you like it. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, this is a family-friendly no. podcast <laughs> where we talk about movies from all walks of life. The if macho you, man. If you hear a random screeching in the background, that would be our child. Also, if you hear random voice impressions, that would be Ty doing it horribly. Oh, yeah. The macho man. You may not like it. You should show everybody your Morgan Freeman impression. (laughs) It's so bad. It's terrible. Don't do it. Please don't. Morgan Freeman. No, no. Anyway, today we are talking about Birds Birds of of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Later changed to Birds of Prey Harley Quinn because they thought that the title was too confusing for audiences, but in fact, they just didn't market this movie. Wow, did you breathe at all? I'm done with you. Directed by Kathy Yan, who doesn't really have any movies to her name. This is really the first big blockbuster she's had, starring Margot Robbie. Oh my god. Mary Elizabeth Winston. Ew. (laughs) Ewan McGregor. Hello there. Fantabulous. Journey Smollett. Which one's that? Um, Lovecraft Country. That's Canary. Oh. Okay. And Rosie Perez, that is a um, stereotypical cop. Yeah, with the uh, cheesy 80s. Yes. Yeah. Music by Daniel Pemberton, who also did Into the Spider-Verse. And this movie also has a soundtrack released by Atlantic Records with singles such as Diamonds and Jokes on You. Cinematography by Matthew Lebetique. He also did Requiem for a Dream, The Fountain, Iron Man, Black Swan, Iron Man 2, Straight Outta Compton, Venom, and A Star Is Born. A Star Is Born, oh my god, oh I love that movie. Oh my god, Andrew. See, you do Lola very, very well. Andrew. <laughs> uh, budget of $82 million with the box office of $201.8 million. Yeah, so it did better than Wonder Woman 84. Uh, well, under <laughs> circumstances, a rating of 67%. I would say this was the best movie of 2020. No, I take that back. Second best movie. Well, if it even came out in 2020. The best one, I believe, of 2020 would have been Tenet. Where did that come out in 19? No, it came out in 2020. Was that, 2020? that movie is just batshit. Uh, it's a family friendly it... podcast. That's a bat crap. A bat poo poo. It's just bad shit. Um, <laughs> honestly, I don't know. I, I This was the last movie I saw in theaters. I saw it by myself because Stetson had just been born. Nah, he was five months old, but like, that's like we lived an hour recent. away from the closest person to watch him. And I was like, I really don't want to drive an hour to see a movie. And I just, I just started a website, funny enough, called Drunken Flicks, where I review movies. Uh, funny enough, uh, we did not see the forecoming pandemic. So the movie that I was going to open my website with was Birds of Prey. And, well... You did. It went downhill after that. Yeah, it really did. It really did. I had to... I didn't get any uh, really return on my website per the time I put into it, (laughs) and I had to shut it down. And then 
started all over with podcasting. So thank you, Birds of Prey, for ruining my life. No, I'm just kidding. That was that the was, pandemic. That was COVID. Yeah. Damn it. So my, my first impressions of this movie, I was really... I remember watching this on a midnight release, and it was me and one other person, which is <laughs> which is baffling because all the midnight premieres I I went to before that. Pat. Yeah, I mean we went opening day for Endgame. We we did a uh, midnight release for Infinity War, for Far From Home. Uh, Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. We were not able to do it for Rise of Skywalker, but no. we did. Uh, same day though, right? No, it was like two weeks later. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I think it. When did it come out? It was like ten days later. Oh. Yeah, so I watched this with another person in the audience, and I'm like, "Wow, okay." So, I walk. I watched the movie, walked out of the movie, and it's like I never watched the movie. I thought it was completely inconsequential. I thought it did nothing for the DCU. I mean, sure, I guess it did something for Harley Quinn, like, whatever. And I thought uh, them introducing the Birds of Prey was great, but in my opinion, that's a promise, and the DCEU isn't, and Warner Bros. aren't very good at keeping their promises. <laughs> no, they're not. So, I mean, what's the point of this movie? So. Well, and, and you've said before that Margot Robbie was a big influence on trying to get this movie out, right? Yeah, she was a producer. So, I mean, she was a producer, and, you know, what? I think we watched, like, a ripped copy of this movie, and you didn't really pay attention or watch it until I got the still book, right? Yeah, because after watching so many movies in 4K, you just kind of can't anymore. <laughs> Said nobody ever. Said nobody ever. No. Like, last, last week when we started watching Superman and Lois, it was, it was hard for me to watch it. Because it was SD quality. Oh, oh! I thought and you I, meant you can't watch a 4K movie. No, 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 no. Like, I'm blind as a bat as it is. So 4K movies really like... Oh, I'm a potato. Excuse me. You have mashed potato brain today. I, uh, yeah, I wouldn't call it that. Mash maybe, but not potato. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, do you want to give your first thoughts on this movie? Because I, I've completely changed my mind since then. Because since, I, since you gave your thoughts, those weren't my thoughts. Those uh, were my very first impressions. But considering that Warner Bros. never fulfills its promise, and considering we'll probably never see the Birds of Prey on live action TV again, um, I guess I've changed my mind. So, I honestly can't even remember when the first time was that I watched it. I really don't. I don't remember. I know you didn't like it. Did I not? I mean, nope. I like it. I like it more so now. I think. I th I think that's because like if I go to a midnight premiere and you ask me, hey, how was it? And I say, for example, inconsequential, did nothing for me. Then I'm kind of like, meh. I don't even know if I want to watch it. Well, that and well, it's good that you think so highly of me. In my in my opinion. Well, usually <laughs> when you say something like it's inconsequential or whatever, that means we don't watch it for six months because you're just dreading watching it. So I'm like, I just kind of put it in the back of my mind. Yeah, and, uh, well, it's also that, but I'm like, eh, it's inconsequential. It did nothing for me. So that that's like the only thing you're thinking of the first time you watch it. Well, you know, you should really stop projecting your opinions onto me. It, it's kind of hard to when you ask me about my opinions. Yeah, but <laughs> you shouldn't persuade me in a manner. No, no. <laughs> that I don't want to watch something. No, no, no. See, you take me as 
projecting my point or defending my point as me changing your mind. Only you could do that. Okay, so if I say if I say that I don't like Wonder Woman's third act and Wonder Woman eighty four dragged down the whole movie for me, it shouldn't make you. Sometimes you shouldn't make me think. Let me think my own thoughts. <laughs> Why are we doing a podcast? Nobody makes me think my own thoughts. <laughs> Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you, Ben Stiller, for that wonderful. L- l- loser. Anyway, so you want to give your first thoughts? Or, the first time they, I watched this, I um, I don't really remember being like enthralled in the movie. Um, however, though, since watching it a few more times, I'm really much like, yeah, you know, I really like Huntress and I really like um, Harley Quinn and Black Canary, but like the little girl, Cassandra Kane. I don't care. Um, what was it? The cop's name? What was her name? Um, anyway, she's inconsequential. She really doesn't matter if we're being honest. Well, no. She becomes part of the birds of prey. She matters. Uh, well, doesn't she? Why are they called the birds of prey? Because Only the, one of them's named after a bird. Because it'd be like that. Because well, like it'd be one, like that. One, no. I haven't read any Birds of Prey comics. Don't yeah. don't tear me apart. By I my only like somewhat knew who Black Canary was because of Injustice. Yeah. Uh, if we're being honest, and didn't even know who the heck the Huntress was, and now see that she's been in season one of The Arrow because we're apparently binge watching that now. What what even happened to her? Did she just disappear? She, she didn't die. She can't, kind of gave a middle finger to um, Oliver Queen because she didn't want, she didn't like the whole like no guns, no killing for revenge thing. Huh. Well, that tells you how cool her character was because I don't remember anything about her. Yeah, you thought she was not a national treasure. No, she's uh, definitely a donkey. She's not that bad. <laughs> that was rude. <laughs> that was rude. Now compare her to Journey. Okay, Ooh. the chick who plays Black Canary, who also plays Letty in Love Country, Lovecraft Country, she is unbelievably gorgeous. Like, I don't even know how somebody is that gorgeous. And she's such a great actor. Oh my gosh, right? There's like, you know, it's like one of her introduction scenes where she's talking to, damn it, what's the cop's name? Is it Reyes? Is it Mendez? I don't know. It's I, gotta be. I'm I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to stereotype. Anyway, there's there's like an introduction. <laughs> there's like an introduction scene between both of them, and you know, Journey is they're they're talking about her mom and like how she used to serve with her mom, and she's like acting. Renee Montoya. I was close. No, no, you weren't. <laughs> anyway, she's she's acting her heart out in that moment, and that's what really pulled me in. I was like, oh, she's a really, really good actor. And then there's moments in this movie, I'm like, man, everybody in this movie is beautiful. And, and right? Like, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, wow. What, she just... What else is she in? She's so great. Do we even know? I have no idea, I but I loved her in this. Um, Margot Robbie, she's great in everything. Journey, she's great in everything. And then... I've never seen the, uh, I've never seen Renee Montoya, Rosie Perez in anything, if I, so. Oh, um. Scott Pilgrim. 
She's in uh, Scott Pilgrim. She's in... Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. 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 She's also in Sky High. She's the evil chick. I do not have any issues. Oh, okay. And then she's also in a couple Die Hard movies. And Final Destination, apparently. I will say about this movie before you dive in that my favorite thing about this whole movie is like uh, the crossbow killer's introduction and like history. Because everybody's like, my name is... She's like looking in the mirror, my name is... And everybody's saying, the crossbow killer. The crossbow killer. And like... Or, or the saying dude, she has a bow and arrow and she's like, it's a crossbow! Uh, the dude has like the arrow in his throat and he's like, the crossbow killer! <laughs> and she's like, my name is... My my name is... It makes me think of that Eminem, Eminem song. My name is... My name is... You hate that song. Yeah, I don't even know what the song is, to be honest. My name is... Is it? (laughs) My name is... Chicka Chicka Slim Shady. Yeah, I know the song. Is that... Hi there. Do you like violence? Okay. Real Slim Shady, please stand up. Anyway. Is it the same song or no? No, that's the Real Slim Shady. Oh Oh my God. (laughs) Do you not listen to this stuff when I put it on? I know. Um... I don't. I can't even think of the name of the Eminem song. What what song? What, I give don't me, even give know. me a lyric. I can't remember. Give me a bar, bro. I, I have no bar. Hit me with the cipher. I have. None. Give me those straight sixteens. Can you stop? What, what you got? Okay, let's get back to the movie. Well, I mean, I'm waiting on you. Okay. This is all on you. Um, so I want to talk about Harley Quinn. Okay. Um. She's a little bit different in this movie compared to Suicide Squad, don't you think? More consistent, better. Explain. Well, I mean, in the Suicide Squad, she didn't really have a character or anything like that. She was just kind of like a sexual object. and Wow, we went right into that. Yeah, she's just, she's just like a sexual object. She d- doesn't have a personality. She doesn't have any range of emotion. I feel like her voice is inconsistent, and so is her pitch and tone. And here, it's just like... She's given a brand new lease on life, and she's able to kind of be more open with it. So her voice is more consistent. This is an entire movie about her, so they can ride around that and kind of build up her psyche. Like in the first Suicide Squad, they don't ever really bring up the fact that she was a doctor, too. I mean, yeah, sure, they show some scenes, but here she's actually, like, diagnosing people. Like when Roman is, like... you know, revealing his big plan. And she's like, you're not as complicated as you think. <laughs> like, no, really, you don't need to tell me all this stuff. Like, she's self-diagnosing people, and I really appreciate that. So it's something the Suicide Squad lacked, in my opinion. I definitely like all of her extraness here. Um, like you said, in Suicide Squad, she didn't really have a character. Here, she she is definitely a character in and of itself. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Um I, I would like to note the fact that we were watching this, like, <laughs> the day the um, the power went out because of the, this big old Texas northern whatever polar vortex it is, whatever you want to call it. We were literally watching this, and we were, like, maybe halfway With through it. With your mom. No, 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 the first time. Oh. The first time uh. we're seeing, we, we, had, we had already endured nine and a half hours of negative temperatures with no heater so we finally get a heater about halfway through the day and we're getting ready to 
you know, a couple hours, we'll go to sleep and whatnot. So we're like, okay, movie time. So we pop this movie in. We're only halfway through it and just nothing. And we're like, oh, crap. Now we're done with power. I even remember the scene it cut out because it was with Happy. The guy with the, the stuff on his face. She's like, what did I do to you? And he's like, Really? Oh. Look at my face. Yeah, he's tattooed like the yeah, bedroom. That's it. The, as soon as he said, look at my face, it cut off. That was so disappointing. So we wound up watching this like four days later with my mom for the first time. Um, <laughs> and my mom was like, what in the world is this movie? This is, this is definitely not a typical movie for my mom to watch. She's really into Harry Potter and um, sci-fi type movies. She's not really into... Uh, comic book movies. So this was a very interesting movie for her. And <laughs> she just like kept like jaw dropping, staring at the screen like, it, what is this? <laughs> I was like, I was like, hey, Dana, how do you like this movie? Well, it's kind of everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's the point. It's an unreliable narrator. Oh, okay. The first time we were watching this, it got to the scene where... She's hungover, and she's really wanting breakfast. And she's getting her breakfast from an Armenian dude. Ar- Armenian? Is that how you Armenian? No, I thought that was a Star Wars thing. Armenian. Anyway, she's getting her food from a... That sounds like a butt thing. <laughs> <laughs> from a very hairy man. And she's like, I don't know if it's like the random hair inside the sandwich or the six-month-old out-of-date cheese, but this is the best breakfast sandwich. And Ty goes, man, I really want a bacon and egg sandwich no, now. No, it's because, it's because uh, let and me tell you. And the fact that it took me five minutes to tell this part of the story. Let me tell you, Matthew Libatique does a great job at framing certain scenes. So when you're looking at this egg, cheese, and bacon sandwich, like all you want to do is just love it. And love on Oh, I'm not saying it didn't look fantastic. Yeah, so I was just like, man, that looks great. And, you know, to make it all better, once we finally got to my mom's house, the following morning, because we still didn't have power at that point, we'd gone like 13 hours without power this time, uh, I made Ty a bacon, egg, and cheese toaster sandwich. Yeah. And... I hope it was the best thing you ever ate. Find, find someone who loves you as much as Harley Quinn loves this sandwich, and you'll never have to work another day in your life. Well, you might have to work days to support that sandwich and make sure it doesn't get moldy and disgusting, but you just got to love it. That's, that's the most valuable lesson here. I'm now dumber for having heard that <laughs> statement. <laughs> Freezers exist, people. You can freeze it. Not if you don't have power. Oh, yeah. Like we didn't. Well, your mom did. Luckily. Valuable lesson. <laughs> Life have lesson. a rich mother-in-law. <laughs> have a rich mother-in-law. Let's, let's not talk about my... So, back to Harley Quinn, I suppose. Um, I already said I loved her extraness. You know, I this is a really girly thing, but I loved her outfit. Can we talk about her outfits for a minute? Why not, or we like, can also talk about Black Canary's outfits. Yeah. 
Oh, one thing, one, sorry, before we get into that, one thing I did appreciate in this movie, and I don't know why I specifically appreciated it, it's not my demographic, I told my wife that I thought she would appreciate it after leaving the movie theater, and is where, you know, uh, it's where Canaries fight, all of them are fighting in the end, and Canaries fighting some guy and her hair gets in her face, and Harley Quinn just goes, uh, hair tie? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why, I appreciate that, it's the little things. I mean, that's a very realistic thing, and you don't see that in very, with women in superhero movies or any, where they're doing any kind of fighting. Their hair is already A up, or it's like constantly getting smacked in their face, and no, no, my hair is up. Even when I'm teaching, I don't want it anywhere near my face. The normal... Oh, go ahead. The normal woman would not want it anywhere near their face. For those of you who can handle it in your face, you are a different kind of human being and you have different kind of genes and I don't understand you. I'm sorry. So do you really want to spend 45 minutes talking about their outfits? No, I want to spend like three minutes talking about their outfits. Do you have two minutes and go. Okay, well then I'm going to talk. go ahead and talk about Black Canary's outfits because I like hers more than Harley Quinn. <laughs> Granted, I do not have the body of Journey. What's her name? Schmuller. Yeah, um, her. Uh, she is, you know, another type of human. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. She, she's gorgeous. Golly, she is like, wow, she's gorgeous. And I do not understand how she could fight in such tight pants. Now, she was rocking those pants, don't get me wrong. But if I was wearing those kind of pants, regardless if I was, you know, as skinny as what I was before a baby... I would have ripped them. I would have just, it would have just sliced. I mean, that already happened a few weeks ago at work, so whatever. Because I don't even think you can get, like, your leg up, like, with that on, like. But I could get my leg up pretty daggum high. <laughs> okay. Okay, that was my spiel about the outfits. Um, I like the, I love her gold pants. And then at one point she's rocking, I think, like, the gold pants, a blazer, and a bra. Yeah, that's definitely an outfit I could never pull off. Yeah, I mean, I mean... Uh, Whoever did the costumes did a phenomenal job. We'll just leave it at that. I may need to look up who I, I think I think my biggest crush in this movie is a Mary, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I have no idea why, but she's just... Giving she, off the angsty vibes? No, she's a sociopath, and I love it. <laughs> like, like, I don't Takes know. Takes one to know one. I, I mean, I guess. I mean, clearly, but... Mm, I don't know. Uh, do you do you want to talk about them individually, or do you want to talk about Ewan McGregor? Let's talk about Ewan McGregor. Hello there. He, ugh, I love him. Ew, is that a snob bubble? <laughs> Ew. Oh, I changed my mind. Peel it off. Ew. Ew. And I think that was the moment where mom was like, um, <laughs> ew. And she was like trying to look away at her iPad because she was like, I don't even want to stare. I don't even want to watch them peeling off their face like that's disgusting I, I will say around this time um when i showed up at the movie theater there was one other person there but around this time a couple more people had poured in i think like four or five and i was the only one who laughed during that scene <laughs> <laughs> i wish i would have been with you because i would have been like on the floor dying well i even laughed during the introduction like of the movie with like the little animation <laughs> like I, I thought that was I thought that was great, but, you know, I guess I'm the only one with a sense of humor in the movie. It was hilarious. But. Or the fact that she gets a hyena 
and the hyena eats the uh, the pet out. Yeah. Like the what would you call that guy? I don't even know what you call the guy, but gotta love that hyena. But I but I love you and McGregor. Bruce. But I love you and McGregor. It's like he came up with his own dialogue. It's just like people not know these are my things. That's my thing. The diamond is my thing. These the stuff is my things. Or just just every time he says ew or gross or just anything like that. I mean, he's a he's a very special guy in this in this movie and he always has something funny. Well, I find it funny. Everything he says to me is funny. There is one really messed up scene that you know, this is the only one of his scenes that I didn't laugh at. The whole the whole face peeling scene, I laughed at. But when it, where he's like, you know, telling the guy to rip the girl's dress off. Oh, uh, that's messed up. And then he, he does this like weird thing where he like is dancing along with the beat. And then he goes, dance. Dance. That was the only time to me that really felt like he was a bad guy um and that's really awful to say after he just told someone to peel off a face and whatnot and like constantly trying to kill people but that was like a true bad guy moment oh yeah it was like uh that was one of those moments um it makes everybody cringe in the worst way possible it's not cringe it's just uncomfortable like it's just you know what's wrong you're like ugh. I can't believe that. So, I mean, but, I mean, he's having fun in this role, and he's killing it, right? Black Mask in this movie, it's unfortunate that they kill him, because I would have loved to see him in any other thing. And it's funny about the, him, the whole thing, him dying. You would all, you've always said, after we watched this, you're like, it's so sad how they killed him off. And I was like, what? They didn't kill him off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we rewatch oh, yeah. it, and... Oh, you can clearly see his head. Just... They, yeah, they made it. They made it a point because I was in movie theater and I'm like, okay, he could survive. Oh, there's his head. <laughs> I'm like, wow, how disappointing. And I guess I never really paid attention to the fact that there goes his head. Bye bye. She's like, kid, you're all I got. And she's like, you know, me too, Harley. And he's like, ew. <laughs> ew. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Um, the action. I mean, yeah, we can. There's a lot of bone breaking. Lots of bone breaking. They hired the individual who did the John Wick movies. Well, that would make a lot of sense. Yep. Yep. And, I mean, the action is good. I don't think the action is great, honestly. I mean, like, a lot of a lot of people, especially on Twitter, think this is, like, the best DCU movie or it has the best action. What? Yeah, I mean, but I don't think it has the best action. I feel like this movie has action, and it's just action with some slow-mo and sometimes water. The only fight scene I actually like is when they start playing Black Betty, and she sniffs the cocaine. Oh my gosh, in the um, police station? Yeah, and the, the dude gets his legs stuck inside the, 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 the uh, car window, and then she snaps his knee oh. one way and then snaps it back. Mm. Whew. No, but I did. I did really like how when uh, she's trying to find Cassandra Kane initially, she's going into the police station, and I don't even know what kind of gun that is. Do you know? I, is it a, it's not a grenade launcher. No, it would be because it's retro. It's it's like a forty millimeter, so it's retrofitted. You can stick like a gas gas cartridges in there, or you can stick in like an actual 
I think 40 millimeter shell. I didn't take a close look, but I mean, yeah, it is a grenade launcher. Because I mean, I've never really seen anything like that before, and I loved the the different uh, colored gases and the glare coming out. I thought that was a very Harley Quinn thing. Yeah, I mean, you can. It, it's kind of like uh, the M203 with the M16 in the Marine Corps. You know, you under the the M203. Basically, you have those like forty millimeter cartridges, and they can be anywhere from explosives or smoke or anything like that. So, like if you would shoot the M two hundred three, it would make a boom sound. Kind of like that, did? Yeah, because it's, it's the same thing, same concept. And then I love how um, pretty much the entire scene at the police station. I love. Run, piggy, run. Oh my gosh, that was hilarious. (laughs) Or when she got to use her bat, like her use of, because she used a bat in Suicide Squad, right? Yeah. Her use of the bat here was, oh my gosh, I loved it. Like she was doing legit bat tricks that softball baseball players were like, oh yeah, I can do that. Like trying to show off to people like, but hers were flipping awesome. Oh yeah. my gosh, I loved those. Yeah, like when she grabbed the bat and she was like, <gasps> um, another one of my favorites is like she's getting choked out by this guy and Cassandra Kane's like right below them and she's like, hand me something and she hands her a lighter and he sets his beard, beard on fire. On oh my God, <laughs> I don't have a beard, but that hurt me. Oh my God. Yeah, I just I really shaved, I I just shaved mine and that hurt me. So, mm. I mean, shaving hurt worse, but... <laughs> I lost two feet of my face. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Do you have a long face? I went from a giraffe to an anteater. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm a donkey. No neck, Nelly. I'm a turtle. Am I not turtly enough for the turtle club? Turtle, turtle. Anyway, what else do you want to talk about <laughs> when it comes to this? Um... Little Captain Boomerang reference. There was a slight Captain Boomerang. Hey, I um, know that guy. That's it. That, that's it? That's it. Oh, that, that's all. only other thing you liked? No, I mean, there's, there was a reference in there. Oh, okay. So, one thing that kind of bugged me while watching this, and I even talked about it when we were watching it, was when she's driving the semi-truck into Ace Chemicals, okay? At first, she's, you know, she steals the truck. And then there's a man running after her, like, hi, he's getting done, you know, doing his business and trying to zip up his pants and, hi, and then she jumps out of the truck and he's not there anymore. He went bye-bye. Well, you know why that is, right? Why? Because Matthew Libatech was like, get out of the way. We have a good shot (laughs) of Ace blowing up and Margot Robbie's doing her thing. She looks great. Get out of the way. (laughs) So that's probably why. Something else I really did like in this movie, and it may be an inconsequential thing to you, is the fact that when Harley got her hyena, she named him Bruce. After that hunky Wayne guy. And it's so funny, because, like, I feel like she knows. I feel like Harley Quinn always knows, like, Bruce Wayne Mm. is Batman because of her psychiatrist side. Well, in Zack Snyder's continuity, Harley Quinn kills Robin. And burns down Wayne Manor. So, in Zack Snyder's canon. So she would know. She would know. Batsy, batsy, batsy. Um, 
I was gonna say something else. Or the fact that Cassandra Kane swallowed the diamond. Who in their right mind would swallow a diamond? Like a pick, ever. A pickpocket who's poor. Um, but swallowing it so you can poop it out later, that would I don't hurt. Know. Who's your favorite character in this movie? Harley Quinn. I'm gonna go with Huntress. Why? Why? Because she's great. Because first off, um, she's got like a Bruce Wayne backstory gone wrong. Instead of training to do good, she trains to murder the people who murdered her family. That's dope. Secondly, she's a sociopath and has social issues. She can't even say her alias in the mirror with a straight face. And then, you know, anybody who says like that her crossbow's a bow and arrow, like she's like, it's not a bow and arrow it's a crossbow i'm not 12. <laughs> or like like when they're sliding down when they're sliding down the slide and she like stops herself and hops on that guy and just starts stabbing him that over and over and over psychopath like manifested right there oh i love it and then her um like propelling margot robbie Here, here's something i think the dceu does well when it sticks to its guns and it's unfortunate warner bros doesn't have any balls or guts or intestinal fortitude or integrity or anything like that is you can do these team up movies and like give you a little taste of huntress like i'm interested you don't have to have a full-blown movie on her no like i'm interested in huntress you can make a birds of prey movie and introduce these individuals and give them a little screen time just a little taste and then you can do a solo movie mm -hmm. because you know who they are. I mean, you don't know the whole story, and that's the point. You don't need to do, like, Marvel, here's a whole origin story. Because, frankly, I'm so sick and tired of origin stories. Like, they're bland at this point. Okay, good guy has a character arc, beats bad guy. Okay, I get it. But, like, that's something I think the, the DCEU has done well with like Batman v Superman. I was curious about Wonder Woman. Her entrance is probably the best thing that's ever happened to Wonder Woman and mm -hmm. Wonder Woman ever. That one scene where she just drops down. Like so Well, and you know, I'm not talking about the Justice League. I know Zack Snyder's Justice League is going to do an, a phenomenal job of actually introducing Flash and Cyborg and Aquaman and you know, although Shazam's not in Justice League, and I did have an origin story for Shazam, I think Shazam's was needed because he's not as widely known oh, yeah. as what, you know, Wonder Woman, even Aquaman is. That makes, I mean, that makes complete sense. But you don't need an origin story for Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman. No, you don't. Like, you needed it for Iron Man. I guess you needed it for Captain Marvel, but she's she's a new, new character anyway. Like, new, new. Um, but Zack Snyder's Justice League wasn't just an introduction to them. It was also an introduction to Deathstroke. It's also an introduction to Steppenwolf, the Sod, Granny Goodness, Darkseid, the Green Lantern Corps, Martian Manhunter... Um, the tribes of man, King King Atlan, the Amazonians. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's a lot. So I mean, he's he's giving you a taste of all these little things, and it was supposed to build to a bigger universe. But WB was like, no, we don't want that. We want to re reboot everything with a Flash movie, um, like seven years later. So I mean, with that being said, I hope we see more. Birds of Prey. I hope we see more Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I hope we see more Journey. Like, more Margot Robbie. Well, we are in the Suicide Squad.
um, with James Gunn. She's going to be in that. But, you know, I really did appreciate the fact that we could have a superhero. I don't even know if this would be superhero, but comic book movie about women where it wasn't solely based around a man. No. Um, I mean, yeah, we had a man as a bad guy. We mentioned Joker and her breaking up with Joker and all of this happened because she broke up with Joker. It wasn't about her completely being engrossed, enthralled, only having eyes for a man. You know, the fact that it didn't have to be completely surrounded based around a man. No. You know, it's good to get some more female superheroes out there. I just, you know, this movie is just a promise to... The introduction is the delivery but I just, I just want to know what the promise is. Like, you know, if it's a box office bomb, okay, we'll take your L because you didn't really market this movie as well as other movies. So I mean, not not many people knew what this movie, not many people knew what this movie was, and not many people even knew it was out. So well, and I just, I don't understand Warner Bros. Why, why they pick and choose what movies they're gonna market. I mean, you spent how much money? Two hundred million. 80 million. Okay, still, 80 million. That's a heck of a lot more money than I got in my pocket. Okay, you spent 80 million dollars on a movie. And they're just kind of like, meh, we're not going to market it. Well, you know, it's kind of like Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's being completely marketed by the fans. You know, and that that's absolutely insane. And, you know, reading the release the Snyder Cut book, I'll read you a quote real fast about how that's going. Because, you know, it's fascinating. Um... Uh, person who wrote it was Sean O'Connell. Where is it at? It says, it says, and I quote, we did all these analytics and we went to talking to Warner Bros. about the possibility of releasing the movie. I sent them to, I said to them in the boardroom, you realize, I don't know if you're aware of it, but the biggest, most volume for any social media campaign for any movie Warner Bros. has ever done is for a movie that you guys never released. The most tweets, the most social media noise, and the history of Warner Bros. is for a film you guys don't have out. And at that stage in time, had no intention of rele releasing. In what world does the business model support this point of view? It just seems insane, and you know apparently that it didn't fall on deaf, deaf ears. But it's just a hard thing to argue with. They would say things like, well, it's just a vocal minority. If it's just a small amount of people. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. If that's what you guys want to say. But if that's true and it's not big and it's not that big of a deal, how come you guys, a giant media corporation, cannot generate the same number of social media impressions as this vocal grassroots minority that aren't that big of a deal? So you have to you you have to look at these and like the the movies the fans are most passionate about market themselves, like the MCU doesn't have to market their movies they've earned their viewers trust. But with this, I want to know what Warner Bros is going to do because I'm interested. I mean Shazam two already got the green light, and Wonder Woman uh the, the third one the third Wonder Woman got green lit after Wonder Woman eighty four's debut. So I mean I want to know what the promise is. I want to know what the promise is with this movie, and I want to know, I mean, what their promise is with Zack Snyder's Justice League. Because it's, you know, it's kind of ridiculous that the fans have to market. Like, either you're completely sold on this whole entire concept of DCEU, or you're absolutely not. So, I mean... I mean, at this point, Warner Bros. needs to take whatever they're going to spend marketing on these big movies and just hand it to the fans. Because the fans are going to 
market what they want to see. I mean, basically. So, I mean, I don't know. I think I think we're done ranting and raving about this movie. What do you want to give it? It's it's an okay movie. I, I'm gonna give it a five just because. A five, Jesus, that's not okay. That's that's a average. bad. That's, that's bad. Okay, so why are you gonna influence my opinion? I'm not. I'm just okay, asking. Five and a half. I'm just asking it's okay. you. I'm asking you to defend what, your what is, position. I'm not. I'm not changing your mind. You're changing my mind. You're trying to persuade. Don't me. be so weak willed. You're being a man. Don't be so weak willed. <laughs> I'm gonna gaslight you forever. Hey, what, what's a what's a in, a number that you think is an okay movie? I was just gonna give it a six and a half. I give it a six. I mean, it's okay. It's it's not it's not special in any way. Like I said, there's no promise to really see these characters again. And I wasn't invested in them in the first place. I'll stick with about a six. Yeah, I mean, yeah, six and a half is fine with me. I mean, I don't know if we're going to see these characters ever again. And, uh, you know, this is a, it's a fine. It's a fun, fine movie. You know, when I first watched it, I would have gave it like a three and a half because it's just so <laughs> dumb. But it's a six and a half. I guess tune in next time. Ew. Is that a snot bubble? Yes. <laughs> Tune in next time. So could you if it was 1938, but it's not 1938. WPA ain't hiring no more. Apples don't cost a nickel. Not in here, not out there. You drop this thing.